I want to finish up a little bit about Sayyidina Adam and then begin talking about Sayyidina Nuh as part of our series about the humanity and humility of the Prophet as evidence to their du'as in the Quran. The first thing is that there's only one du'a from Sayyidina Adam that is mentioned in Quran al Karim, and that is the one that we did yesterday, uh, last night. <coughs> that Sayyidina Adam al-Islam and Sayyidina Hawa, Umm nas Hawa, and remember this is in Surah Al-Araf, Surah 7, verse 23. Qala Rabbana thalamna anfusana wa illam takfirlana wa tarhamna lanakunanna man al-khasirin. So we've already explained the whole story of Nabi Adam al-Islam leading up to this point and how he made this dua. So first understand the components of this du'a. And this du'a, as I had mentioned to you last night also, is a sentence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Nabi Adam Islam how to express the feeling that was in his heart. The first feeling is anfusana. That means ikrar, itraf, to accept and acknowledge one's mistake. This is the first thing to present to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second is wanting Allah subhanahu wa maghfira. And that means that Allah subhanahu wa forgives us and wipes away that sin and wipes away that mistake. The third aspect is rahma. Rahma means when it comes after maghfira, that after Allah has forgiven us for the sin, number one, that the distance or gap that may have come between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because of our sin, Allah ta'ala out of His mercy removes that distance. Or the misguidance that we had fallen upon due to that sin, Allah ta'ala out of His mercy brings us back on guidance. Or the mess that we created, or the problems that were caused, or maybe the people that we hurt, or the people we disappointed due to that sin, Allah ta'ala out of His rahmah rectifies our affairs and rectifies our relationships. Because sometimes when something's broke, Fine, you need to be forgiven for broken it, but then you also need Allah's mercy to help you fix it. So these are the three aspects of the feeling of this du'a. So anytime any one of us want to turn to Allah Subhanahu in istighfar, the first thing is the humility to humble oneself, not offer excuse, rationalization, justification, but accept I was wrong. And the second is to beg Allah Ta'ala to forgive us. And the third is to ask Allah Ta'ala to send His mercy upon us in the ways that I described. And the last part I already discussed with you last time, Before I turn to the du'as of Sayyidina salam, it's interesting that after this incident, because of the first episode of Nabi Adam Islam's earthly life, right? And, and we did in Quran uh, all the things that happened in Jannah, and then he sent down to earth, and then he, you know, and if you remember from Hadith, he wanders the earth, and then he reunites with his spouse, say the Hawar with many say on the plains of Arafah, and then they make together, they make this dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is actually the first, you can say, joint spousal act in the history of humanity. The first husband and the first wife, the first man and the first woman, the first thing they did jointly together on earth was make this dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we can also extract a general lesson from this, that this, from just from the first word here, qala, we normally don't say that when we make the dua, we just start with the rabbana dalam fusana. But there's a word before that, qala, that the two of them said. So there's also a lesson for us that this is what it means to be husband and wife, to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala together, to share that spiritual journey, to remind one another and support one another in the feelings we're supposed to feel for and about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Now, before I move to Nabi Nuh salam, let's just, very, and I will just very quickly summarize this. I won't go through all of those verses of Quran and Hadith. But what happened in the life of Sayyidina Al-Maslam after this? Okay, so there's all the whole story of what happened in Jannah. He came down to earth and him and Ummul Nas, Sayyidina Hawar Vedadana Ummul Mu'mineen, Ummul Anbiya, Sayyidina Hawar Vedadana, she made this dua along with him. So those of you who know your history and the stories of the Anbiya, you will know that they had children, right? And so that's not something that happens in Jannah, but that happens in Earth. So they had children, they had sons. And then what happened? One son killed the other son. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Now this is, a, this is an incredible test for any father and mother, for any parent. Then imagine if that father and mother are the parents of humanity. What incredible test that is. Then imagine if that father is a Nabi. Imagine if that father and mother had both already lived in Jannah. And they're having to endure life on earth. They had already lived in this pure and pristine because Umm uh, say the Hawarazna was also living in Jannah. And then they have to endure this issue of one son killing the other son. It's a huge test. This was the first Ummah. This is a very small Ummah. The sons, you can say, they were like the Sahaba of Sayyidina Adam And in front of their father slash Nabi, one killed the other one. Allahu Akbar Kabira. So many times we try to tell our friends that, you know, sometimes you know bad things happen to us in our life and we think, we make the mistake and we think maybe Allah is angry with me. No, if something bad happens to somebody in their life, it doesn't mean necessarily that Allah is angry with us. Because actually, if somebody's tested in their life, it doesn't mean Allah is angry with them. Because if you look at it, and, and the Prophet himself mentioned in the hadith, that the most tried and tested people of all of humanity are the Anbiya. And then he said, the most tested of the Anbiya was me. But we also know that the most beloved of all of humanity are the Anbiya. And the most beloved of the Anbiya are Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Alright? Uh, so this was the story in the life of Nabi Adam Islam. Next is Nabi Nuh Salam. Chronologically, uh, the next Prophet is Sayyidina Nuh Salam. And 99% of ulama are of this opinion that there were no Prophets between Adam Salam and Nuh Salam. So Nuh Salam is the second Nabi. That suggests that to some extent the teachings of Nabi Adam remained until the time of Sayyidina Nuh The story of Sayyidina Nuh is mentioned uh, in several different surahs of Quran Karim. And there are several, about a dozen or so, du'as of Sayyidina Nuh mentioned in Quran Karim. So I'm going to go sequentially. Uh, the first place where uh, the story of Nuh Islam appears in his du'as are is Surah Hud. Surah Hud is Surah 11. Surah Hud is Surah 11 in Juz number 12. Alright? And the story of uh, uh, Sayyidina Nuh Islam begins, so let me open this up, in Surah Hud, verse 25. Surah Hud, verse 25 onward. The du'a will appear a little bit later. The du'as will start in the 40s. Uh, but the story starts in verse 25. Okay, and I'm not going to read and translate the entire story. I will just summarize because I'm assuming uh, that most people here will know most aspects of the story. Alright, I'm just going to pluck out certain things of the story. So Sayyidina Nuh is sent to his people, uh, right, as a 
Nabi as a warner, bearer of glad tidings that they should worship Allah subhanahu wa only, etc. And as you might remember, the tribal chiefs and the elders, and you can say the social elites and political elites of his community, didn't believe in him and chose not to accept his prophet and prophecy. And looking at them, or perhaps on their own, the overwhelming majority of the people to whom he was sent as a prophet chose not to accept him as a prophet. So first question, I want to mention here, first aspect is why is Allah Sponsor mentioning all this in Quran al-Kareem? So one aspect of it is yes, uh, simply to educate us as an ummah about earlier prophets, but one aspect is also Allah Sponsor showing a parallel, that in the Meccan period, Sayyidina Rasulullah may not exactly the same but faced a similar situation where the tribal chiefs and the many many of the chiefs and elders and social and political elites were not accepting as nabuwa and looking at them or perhaps on their own many many individuals and people were also not accepting the nabuwa of sayyidina rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so it's giving a consolation to the Prophet It's giving a consolation to the Sahabah Ikram, the Mu'mineen. And it's also giving a guidance and a lesson that how did, and this is, you know, how we say as historians, you have to learn from history. Right? So, we, as humanity, we must learn from prophetic history. The real history of humanity is the history of the Prophet That should be the course taught. Much more important than global history, intellectual history, XYZ history, the greatest history of humanity and the greatest value and the greatest lessons that can be learned is the history of the prophets and Allah subhanahu wa has mentioned uh, you know, aspects, elements of that in Quran al-Karim alright so here it's, it's very standard uh, it's a standard narrative a trope that will repeat itself unfortunately in the lives of, uh, of many of the Anbiya that their people don't accept them they accuse them of being a liar they say you're just like us and all of these things were said about Sayyidina Rasulullah himself so then I pause here and come back to you on the topic of humanity because the people who were alive at the time of Sayyidina Nuh and the Arab the Arabs who were alive at the time of Sayyidina Rasulullah could not be any more different in terms of culture and everything. But there's one thing that they had in common is their humanity. And it shows us this is a historical thing that we see when we do the history of the Prophets. We're also knowing the history of humanity that throughout history... So many different types, cultures, race, ethnicity, background, technological development, people rejected Anbiya. Were reluctant or even loath to accept Anbiya and came up with the same arguments right from the time of Nuh We don't have anything like that for Sayyidina Adam. But immediately then from Sayyidina Nuh all the way to Sayyidina Rasulullah, same arguments. You are just like us, you're, you know, deluded, you're, you want power, you're doing this for authority. Same thing, same deception. Allah Akbar. Ajib. So here, uh, <clears throat> Sayyidina Islam then says a beautiful thing to them, and this again will be repeated. I, I will do, let me do a little bit of this for you before we come to the du'a. So if you look at verse number 29, so we're here on Surah 11, Surah Hud, verse number 29. Bayakomi, 
La as'alukum alayhi mala. Look, I'm not asking you for any wealth, any compensation. I don't want anything. This is the same thing Sayyidina Rasulullah would say to the Quraysh. I don't, you could put the sun and moon in each of my hands. That's not what I want. Nabi Sami says, In ajriya illa alallahi. No, you can't even reward me or recompense me in any way. My reward is only lies and can come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا أَنَا بِتَعْرِذِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And I'm not going to drive away those who have accepted Iman. إِنَّهُمْ مَلَاقُوا رَبِّهِمْ وَلَكِنِّي أَرَاكُمْ قَوْمًا تَجْهَلُونَ And they, have, they will meet their Lord certainly. But I see that you have become a qawm. تَجْهَلُونَ A qawm that has a, a people, a community that has adopted ignorance. Alright. خير. Uh, then Nuh al-Islami keeps talking to them, keeps talking to them, right? Telling them that, oh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't claim to you that I know the unseen. This is important. I don't know all of the unseen. And I'm not telling you that I'm an angel, right? He keeps trying, he keeps trying, they keep refusing, they keep refusing, they keep disputing, they keep denying. He keeps trying, he keeps advising. This goes on and on for several verses. Alright? Continues for several verses. Finally, in verse 36, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down wahi on Nuh al-Islam. What? وَأُوْهِيَ إِلَىٰ نُوْهِنْ أَنَّهُ لَنْ يُؤْمِنَ مِنْ قَوْمَكَ إِلَّا مَنْ قَدْ آمَنَ Allah Ta'ala, it's revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Nabi Nuh al-Islam what? That now, henceforth, none no one, none of your community is going to believe. No one. Except those who already have accepted belief. So it's finished now. So don't be distressed and disturbed in any way by all the things that they have been doing. And then Allah Ta'ala commands them to uh, make uh, the famous boat, which they call Noah's Ark. And then he builds the boat Alright, and then Allah Ta'ala explains to him all the things that will happen and you should embark in the boat. So, the first thing Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, then now if you go forward to 41, Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala tells Nuh Alayhi You should now uh, embark, you know, aboard uh, the ship. Bismillahi majreha wa And you should uh, take the name of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. You should take the name of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala when you board it. Alright, so in some sense you could also say, I wouldn't say this is the first du'a, but that you should take the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you board it. And then Allah ta'ala tells him that you should, in, in its coursing and in its mooring and its traveling, And indeed my Rabb is all forgiving and all merciful. Alright. Then, Nuh is going to make the first du'a here, which is, about his son which is for his son alright so this is going to come in verse number 45 so this is a different verb it's not dua it's not supplicated he called upon he implored he called out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala imploring Sayyidina Nuh called out to Rabbahu his Rabb Faqal, and he said Rabbi inna min ahli wa inna wa'dakal haqqu 
So because before this, uh, Allah subhanahu wa told Sayyidina that your Ahl will be saved. Right? And so what does Ahl mean? So Ahl could mean your physical progeny, or Ahl could mean your spiritual progeny. Right? And this is also an education that who are the Ahl Rasul of Sayyidina Rasulullah So the Ahl of all of the Anbiya are their spiritual followers, their spiritual progeny, not only their physical progeny. Alright? But Sayyidina Rasulullah he calls out to Allah that indeed my son, he is from my Ahl, and your promise that you would save all my Ahl is also Haq. And you are the most just of all the judges. Hmm? So immediately Allah Ta'ala replies. We don't have a response in, to the dua of Nabi Adam Islam. Here in immediate next ayah is the reply of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Verse 46. Qala, Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala said, Ya Nuhur, innuhu laysa min ahlik. He, indeed he, that boy, that son, laysa min ahlik. He's not from your true family, your spiritual family, your family of Iman. He's not from your ummah. The Ahl of a Nabi is their Ummah. For our Nabi, Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam, all of the Sahaba, not some of them, all of the Sahaba Ikram radiallahu ta'ala were his Ummah, therefore all of the Sahaba are his Ahl. Innahu amalun ghayru salih. That's very interesting. It doesn't mention his Iman. Uh, sorry, his Kufr. Amalun ghayru salih. It's very scary. His deeds are other than that which would be considered virtuous and righteous. It's a very strong rebuke by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and don't you dare ever ask me concerning those things regarding which you have absolutely no knowledge whatsoever. Hmm? I'm admonishing, indeed, I admonish you and warn you never to ask me like that, lest you become from the jahilin, from the ignorant. Immediately, the Nuh al-Islam responds, Qala, now Nuh al-Islam says, Rabbi inni a'udhbika, O my Rabb, indeed, I seek refuge through you. And as'aluka ma laysa li bihi ilm. That I ever, ever, ever in my whole life ever ask you concerning anything regarding which I have absolutely no knowledge whatsoever. Wa illa taghfir li. The same, same. Look at the same words, same tertib. What was that? Rabbana? And what was this? Rabbana illam taghfir, illam taghfir lana. But illa taghfir li, because there there were two of them, Nabi Adam alayhi salam and Sayyidah Hawa. Now this is just Nuh alayhi salam on his own, making the dua, so he's doing it in the singular form. But the same words in the same order. There what was it? illam taghfir lana, wa tarhamna, lanakunana mil khasirin. Here what you see? Wa illa taghfir li. And Allah, unless you forgive me, and you shower your mercy upon me, I'll be amongst the khasirin. Hmm? Allahu Akbar. Now, did Nabi Nuh come at these words because Allah Ta'ala guided him? That's not mentioned here, like it was mentioned there about Nabi Adam alayhi salam. 
right? And it's interesting, uh, going back to Nabi Adam that the first thing we learned about him is that Allah Ta'ala taught him the asma, taught him the names of so many things, but he didn't know how to make dua to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala to teach him those sentences then. So here, it's quite possible that Nabi Nuh Salam came up with similar or really almost near near identical words on his own. It's possible he had rece- received a tradition of deen and knew about the dua of Nabi Adam Islam. It's possible in the same way that Allah Ta'ala revealed to Sayyidina Rasulullah the key duas of the previous Anbiya. Allah Ta'ala also already revealed to Nabi Nuh the key dua of the uh, of Nabi Adam salam, in which case Nabi Nuh salam would also have known about Nabi Adam salam's son killing one another hmm? and now his son so these first two prophets were tested through their own sons Khair after he immediately immediately walked back from his assertion and he seeks refuge in Allah Spantos. there's an extra part in the start in the A'udhu Bika because he's specifically seeking refuge from that mistake that he did. So that I never ever want to ask. And I have no ability. I seek refuge in you. I ask you Allah Ta'ala to make me in such a way. That I never ask you. Uh, regarding that which I have no knowledge whatsoever. So then again Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala responds. But here the the, mm, the phrase. The grammatical phrase changes. If you saw that it's qala qala qala. Here it's qila. And it was said. Ya Nuhu bit. Bisalamin minna wa barakatin alik. So the reason is here that qila is not being used strictly for its grammatical usage. The grammatical shift is qila is a softer form. So the sense is that when Allah Ta'ala first spoke or addressed Nuh right? So it was very in Allah Ta'ala's might and majesty. And here, qila, yanuhu. So it means that Allah Ta'ala said in His sweet, gentle, soft, loving, compassionate, merciful tone. Hence it's being used in what's called Fela Majul Qila. Ya Nuhu. Ya Nuhbit bisalamin minna. That okay, now you disembark with salam. Minna. With salam from Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. From me. It means in every aspect of my being and all of my attributes, I am happy with you, I am pleased with you, you're an absolute peace from me. And I send barakat, and I send blessings upon you. And not just son, not just one ummah, umam is, umam is plural of ummah. Hmm? And I send salam and barakat upon you and upon, uh, I send, have salam from me and I send barakat upon you and barakat upon all the ummas from those with you. So what does that mean? Because if you remember the story that Nabi Nuh Islam, he took uh, all the remnants of humanity because then the flood will come he doesn't know that maybe right now but all the rest of humanity well he would have but all the rest of humanity will be wiped out means all the ummas of all of the anbiya all of the anbiya after Nuh al-Islam themselves are descendants of the believers the sahaba of Sayyidina Nuh al-Islam of those who truly did believe in him and therefore survived the flood alright so in one sense, we are all descendants of Adam Islam. In second, we are all descendants of Nuh Islam. Third, we are all descendants of the Sahaba, the Mu'mineen, the believers of Nuh Islam. And therefore, Allah Ta'ala is telling him, it's an ashara, that you're worried about the one son. I 
all these believers with you will be the future ummas of all, will be the you know the, from their progeny will rise all of the future anbiya and all of the future ummas of all of humanity all right here we should end here it's very late for me also uh, may Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to try and uh, our best to understand Quran al-Kareem in this month of Ramadan and to understand the history of the Anbiya and for us to model ourselves and pattern ourselves after these greatest of humanity all of the Anbiya and to make use of their du'as from our own heart and our own feeling and relevant to our own lives and our own context in this month Wa akhirat da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen